Well, welcome everyone to Grace Church. I want to welcome those who are worshiping with us online. I want to welcome the Olathe campus. Hope you guys are doing well. And I know I'm a little biased, but I want to welcome those at the North Overland Park campus. You guys better stand up. You better cheer. You better go crazy. I miss being with you guys, but I love you and look forward to seeing you next week. And obviously those in the auditorium here at South Overland Park, we welcome you guys. Man, I hope everyone had a great 4th of July and that everyone still has their fingers, everyone has their arms and their legs, no one blew up anything. And I love 4th of July. It is my favorite holiday. I, I love fireworks. I know it's literally burning money, but to me it is worth it for those few seconds. It is a great time. And I just hope you have some time with your family, with your friends, and you guys were able to celebrate Man, I'm digging this series. I'm excited about this series as we continue looking at the life of Elijah and what it means to have radical faith. I mean, the term radical is unusual, something extraordinary. And faith is trusting something completely. And so if people were to look at your life, I asked the North Overland Park campus this past weekend, would someone say that person has radical faith? You have relationships with those people. When you see them, you just know that they walk in faith. So do you have this kind of radical faith? This is what we see in the story in the life of Elijah. Remember, we know that Elijah is a prophet, all right, a messenger of God. We see Elijah introduced in 1 Kings 17, 18, and 19. And we see his faith in action here. He sees seven miracles through these three chapters take place. And I don't know, if that wouldn't build your faith, I don't know what would. I mean, I'm sure he's just walking in the confidence of what God is doing in and through him and how God brings glory to himself. This guy had radical faith. We also know that he was a troublemaker. We see Ahab in uh, 1 Kings 18 say he is a troubler of Israel. This guy was rough around the edges. But he was passionate about drawing people back to the one true God, Jehovah, the God of the Israelites. And he had to have faith because he was put in some pretty crazy circumstances. And so our heart as a church as we're going through this series is that each and every one of us will have this kind of faith. And I don't know where you come from. I don't know everyone's story today. If you're online at one of our campuses here at the South Overland Park campus, I don't know everyone's story. But I know this, that there are going to be times in life where you're going to have to decide if you're going to walk in faith or not. Last week we saw that Elijah was called to go to Zarephath to this widow. To Radical faith was uncomfortable and to enemy territory. And it made me think that God cares more about our character than our comfort. God cares more about your character, about your integrity, about you doing his will than the things that are comfortable to you. And if we're going to live in this way, it takes a radical faith. So what are you facing right now? And are you walking in this kind of faith? Let's pray. God, I love you. I thank you. Lord, thank you for how you're revealing your character and who you are to me as we look at the story of Elijah and his life. Lord, I pray that every one of us will come with open arms, open hearts, open hands and say, Lord, what is it 
you want from us? What are you calling us to? What steps of faith do we need to take? Because, Lord, I believe the only way that we're going to accomplish our vision at Grace, for everyone to become an outward-focused follower of Jesus, is going to take faith. Lord, our strategy to plant 100 churches over 20 years, that takes incredible faith, Lord. It's going to take all of us together as the body of Christ to take giant steps of radical faith. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll convict us, you'll speak to us, you'll grow us, and God, we'll leave here with a greater, greater sense, a greater understanding of who you are and how you're working in our lives. In your name we pray, amen. Awesome. So open your Bibles, if you have them, to 1 Kings chapter 18. That's what we're going to pick up. As I just mentioned, last week we saw Elijah went to Zarephath, hung out with his widow. God provided food for a couple years. Then her son died. And then Elijah cried out to God three times. He laid on him. The Lord raised him from the dead. It's the first time that we saw a resurrection, someone be raised to life in all of Scripture. And so he hangs out with them, and now he wants this showdown with King Ahab. And so the first several verses in chapter 18 talks about this interaction with him and Obadiah. Obadiah was a prophet, and he was in hiding people from Jezebel, this evil, evil lady. And so they were talking. He said, hey, go, Obadiah, go talk to Ahab. I want to meet him on Mount Carmel. I want to have a conversation. And we're going to see here who the one true God is. We're going to see here who's going to come through, Baal or God. And I want to have a conversation, and I want us to talk about this, and I want us to see who will come through. And that's where we pick up here on Mount Carmel in verse 20. So Ahab sent all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? Because here the Israelites, remember, they were under the rule of these evil kings. They were rebelling against God. He prayed for no rain to help draw people back to himself. And so here they are, faltering between two opinions. Will we trust the things of this world or we trust the one true God? The God who has come through for his children over and over and over again. But they were not following him. And he says, who will you trust? He said, if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him, not a word. They were silent. The people were silent. If you're taking your notes, I want to encourage you to write this down. The people were silent. When we write things down, it helps us re retain our information. It helps us grow and go back to our notes when we're confronted with different things through our daily life. So write this down. The people were silent. See, they had an opportunity here to make a stand. That opportunity to finally say, we are going to believe in God and declare his glory, his greatness. Turn to him. But they were silent. I mean, here, he had to be excited. Elijah's like, here we go. I'm giving, you, I'm giving you this option. Come on, let's rally together. We're coming. We're talking with Ahab. Let's take a stand for the Lord. And they were silent. Not 
a word. It made me think of our lives sometimes. When we're confronted with opportunities to take a stand, how do we respond? Do you declare his greatness? Do you declare his glory? Or are you silent? You know, there are times in my life where I know that I should have been bold to proclaim the goodness of God. To proclaim the gospel that Jesus came to die for us. Three days later, conquer sin and death and rose. He was victorious over death. And to bring that hope to people. But there were times that I have been silent. And there's times I just wish, Lord, why wasn't I faithful to proclaim your goodness at this moment? But see, there are times I conform to the things around me. And here, the children of Israel began to conform to their culture. And I think oftentimes we are silent by the way we conform to the culture around us. See, radical faith is extraordinary. Radical faith is taking a stand no matter what. Radical faith is proclaiming God's glory all the time, worshiping him, drawing people to him, praying for them, sharing his good news. But oftentimes we're silent. What does this silence look like? I think this can look like busyness. I mean, just look at the culture around us. And if we look like the culture, I don't know if we're making a stand. Because holiness means to be set apart. Holiness means to run after God, to have his heart, to be like him, to be his image bearer. Or does our life look more like the world? Busyness. What we define as success. Have an opportunity as a family. Say, you know what? We're going to take a stand. You know, I do this with, this is an opportunity I have to take a stand. My son plays baseball. They play weekend tournaments. And I have the opportunity to make a stand or not. I'm like, oh, we can just miss church for several weekends? And to say, that's okay. Or we can take a stand and say, you know what? We're not going to conform to culture. And for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will show where our priorities are. I want to demonstrate to my kids and make a stand for them so they can see the things in our life that matter most and who we worship. Or I can be silent and just go with the flow. They had this chance they had this opportunity and they wavered they just froze and my prayer is as we help everyone become an outward focused follower of jesus is that every single one of us will have a desire to stand for him when we're met with the same scenario let's read on okay so i want to Kind of going to fast forward a little bit and then we'll jump in here to the text is, so he says, okay, they were silent. He said, okay, let's have a showdown. Why don't you build an altar to your God, to Baal, and let's see if he comes down. You sacrifice this bull, put it on the altar, cry out to your God and see if he comes through. And then I am going to do the same thing. So they go to this mountain, they build their altar. And here's what takes place. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first. For you are many. 
and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. Let's read on. So they took the bull, which was given them, and they prepared it, called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. Just pause for a moment. Just think about this. They're, they're building this idols. They're pursuing Baal. And they're saying, please come through. They're just crying out. They're hoping that he's going to come through. But no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. Other translations would say they dance. So not only are they crying out, now they're dancing around and doing their little tribal dance, if you will. Just imagine kind of dance or the floss, whatever you want to picture. All right, the hype dance. I can't do all the Fortnite dances, but I know they're out there. That's probably what they look like. Now let's read on here. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud, for he is God. So Elijah's like, I know that their God's not going to come through. <laughs> it's not happened. So he starts to talk smack. You know, kind of like I do on the basketball court when I'm balling on people, you know. So it says, cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is meditating, or he is busy, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. Let's read on here. So they cried out aloud and cut themselves. So not only are they crying out, not only are they dancing, now they cut themselves. Could you just imagine the scene? Here on this mountain, this false god, they're trying to get to talk to them. They build this altar. They cut this bull. They're dancing. They're crying. Elijah's there mocking them. Then they cut themselves. And blood is gushing, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening of sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Our second point is this. Their idols did not come. I mean, just put yourself in this setting. I mean, how crazy is this scene? How desperate they are. Just probably getting on their knees and saying, please come through. Please, can you come on? We want to show Elijah that this idol, pursuing the things of the world, is okay. And it was silent. Nothing. Nada. And you might be thinking, why in the world would they cut themselves? Why would they do this? But I think we look just as crazy when we pursue the idols in our life thinking that they're going to come through for us and bring us fullness, bring us joy, bring us hope. When we chase after the things of this world, when we chase the idols in our life saying, you know what, if I work hard enough, if my job is important enough, if I have enough followers, if my life looks better, if I'm married long enough, if I have enough money, if I have enough cars, if I have enough stuff, enough power, enough pride, if I pursue these things, I'm going to feel good. If I can retire by 60, it's all going to be okay. If I have someone to love me and care for me, and I have this relationship, whether they follow Jesus or not, you know what, that's going to provide this fullness in my life. But we look just as crazy because that's not where our hope is found. I mean, think of some of the most famous people 
in this world that have the most resources. And you see all the time how miserable their life is. And I want to challenge each and every one of us to ask, what are the idols in our life that we're pursuing that our hope are going to talk to us? Man, I had the opportunity, you know, to lead a trip to the Amazon a couple weeks ago. And I shared some stories with our campus this past weekend. But, and it was an amazing, amazing trip. It's an amazing place. And one of our partners. But I was just thinking in this one village that I've been to several times. I've seen them do their dances. I've seen them call on their gods. I've seen them do their customary things and still feel so dry and so hopeless. In this specific tribe, I'll never forget the chief of it was just hurting, turned to alcohol and other women outside of his relationship, thinking if he pursue this idol, that their gods are going to come through, he's going to be okay. And for years he was searching and searching and searching for hope. And then finally, his eyes were opened to where our hope comes from. His life was changed forever because he knew that Jesus is the one that can fulfill him. Jesus is where his life comes from. I'll never forget sharing this verse with him. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way. Where you're going. The truth over everything, the life. No one goes to the Father except through me, is what Jesus says. At that moment, his life was changed forever. What things are you pursuing? Because here's the reality, is you're going to continue to be let down, thinking that these idols are going to come through. You can have this facade for so long. You can have this false sense of security for a little bit. But it will let you down. So let's pick up in the story and what happens. We can read on here. Now, and he put the wood in order. Cut the bowl in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the wood. So think about this, okay? So here he has this altar. Not only are we going to ask fire to fall down, but we're going to put water on it. Okay, and when you put water on things, it is much harder for wet wood to catch on fire. I was, we were trying to do this uh, grill, and we finally got it started, but it took us an hour to get this fire started in Amazon because the humidity is so great, it's so wet. So he's like, hey, not only are we going to do this, we're going to put water on it and make it more difficult. He said, do it a second time, and they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time, and they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. Let's read on. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord. 
that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Now, hold on a second. Think about this motivation of Elijah's heart. This motivation was not to get more glory for himself. The motivation was not, hey, look what I did. The motivation of his heart, which I think is amazing here, that shows how God used him and blessed him because his motivation was to bring glory to the Lord and to what God was doing and to draw people back to himself. And so I just want to encourage us, man, when we're going through life, when we, want to, when we are given a platform, how are we going to respond is it for self-glory and pride, or is it for people to hear the name of Jesus, the gospel, salvation? Then, just imagine the setting. The fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. And the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. I want to pop up this picture for a moment. If we have it. Just imagine the setting on Mount Carmel here, which is a photo of it. And all these people here, when they say, when they saw, excuse me, God come. Man, the Lord did amazing things. The Lord was glorified. The Lord answered his prayer. The Lord provided. The Lord made his presence known. And he turned and gave God the glory. Let's go to our third point. Elijah's radical faith saw God do radical things. Elijah's radical faith, write this down, saw God do radical things. Man, do you realize that we serve a God of miracles? Do you realize that we serve a God who parted the Red Sea? Do we realize that we serve a God when they crossed the Jordan, they're like, oh my, what are we going to do? And God parted the Jordan. When they went around the Jericho and God came through. When God sent his son to die for us. And when he died, people were like, what is going on? But three days later, he conquered sin and death. God is a God that comes through over and over and over again. But so often, we stay back and we are silent like the people of Israel. We are silent, we don't say a word. But Elijah had radical faith. He believed that God was going to come through in only a way that he could come through. He placed his trust, his faith in him. He sought the face of God. He said, Lord, I need you. And God sent this fire down and people stood in awe on that mountain and worshipped him. And then as the story goes on, he still has to continue to pray. Pray, and he sends a messenger seven times to see when the rain is coming. And then the rain comes down. How about you? Are you willing to take this step of faith? Are you willing to seek the face of God and ask him to come through? 
And what I see is a consistent theme through 17 and 18 in the story of Elijah in 1 Kings is his prayer life. Him seeking the face of God, crying out to God, talking to God, believing in God, trusting him, being intimate with his maker. And what is it that you need to put your faith in right now? What is it he's asking you to do? And are you willing to have the faith to trust him? There's a story of a young lady. And I shared this with our campus last week, but I want to share it with all of our campuses because I just think this story is so powerful. This young gal, 21, her and her mom are part of Ray of Hope, a team, uh, the organization that we partner with. And Ray of Hope is doing amazing things in Virginia, just amazing. And they have a decision every week decide if they are going to just stay at home and eat food because they don't have much money at all or they'll use that money instead of eating to take a bus fare to go meet with their church community to bless the people in the jungle they have this choice every single week on this specific day on Tuesdays are we going to spend our money and are we going to eat or maybe we're going to eat, but then if we want to go to this meeting, if we want to go continue to share the gospel, to see radical faith, to see God do radical things in the jungle with people that need him, that need hope, then if we eat, we're going to have to walk there, or we're going to have to excuse our meal that day, and we're going to have to take a bus so we can go be with our community of believers. And every week, they are faithful to God's call in their lives to take the message of Jesus to the deepest parts of the jungle, even if it means they don't eat. Church, this is faith. And they have seen God do radical things. My prayer is that we will live the same kind of God, we love you. And Lord, man, your story is powerful. The miracle of the fire coming down and just the awe and wonder that these people experienced. And not only that, then the rain came. Your presence was known. Lord, I pray that your rain will come into this place today. No matter what location, even in the homes of those watching online, that your rain will come. And that we will stand in your glory and worship you. 